La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum. Bonjour Rugby Friends, bonjour Mike and welcome to French Rugby Connection Podcast. Bonjour everybody. How are you Mike? Yeah, a bit of a sore throat, so um, yeah, I won't say too much. <laughs> okay, oh, you got a bit of a frog in your, in your throat. Absolutely. <laughs> What a strange expression. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> So uh, today I had um, the, the great opportunity to speak with uh, Chris Chesney. Chris Chesney, okay. yeah, really amazing uh, former player. He played for Saracens for 14 years before um, before playing for Toulon, amongst you know the likes of uh, Tom May, uh, Johnny Wilkinson, and many others. And um, and also he was a barbarian. And he was uh, he played on the for the under 20 in 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 um, for for England. So and uh, another thing that I wasn't aware of is that Eddie Jones was uh, one of his coach as well for uh, when oh. he played at, at Saracen and also Bernard Laporte when he played for for Toulon. So okay. he had a really really great great experience, yeah. and I uh, I hope you will enjoy uh, this chat. Excellent. Hey, bonsoir, Chris. I'm so happy to be able to speak to you. Comment vas-tu? Ça va? Oui, bien, merci. Comme tu vas? Oui, oui, ça va bien. In another legend speaking with the, the Saracen from Saracen. So, Chris, you started your career working, uh, playing for Barking. Oui. Then you moved to Toulon. Oui. Um, and then you played for um, for Escher before finishing um, your career at Southam. But uh, let me get back. Let me go back to your vital st statistic. I think you were born to be a rugby player. Looking at your physique, <laughs> you, <laughs> six foot six, eighteen stone eight, which might be a bit more now. Yes, a lot more, a lot more now. <laughs> <laughs> And your favorite position was a uh, lock during, during yeah, your career. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, you were born on the 2nd of March 1974 in Ilford. And um, as I mentioned you know, uh, to you, you know, you were, um, you started playing in Barking and then you were spotted by Saracen. So very, very lucky you started playing for Saracen. Just at the era of the professional um, professional time. So yeah, tell that, me more about it. 1995, Saracen, yeah, Southgate. Yeah, Southgate. Um, known, I think, as Dogshit Park. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell me why? <laughs> uh, well, basically, it was literally a, a public park. Um, that's where Saracens were based. Um, been there for, for, for many, many years. Uh, and yeah, it would, would transform. I remember making my debut, I think, in 95 against Gloucester. And, you know, I'd turn up on a Tuesday, Thursday night in the dark, um, training as you did then when you're semi pro or, or you know, you're, you're sort of almost part time, um, you know, because you'd, you'd work and then you'd, you would, you would train with Saracens. And, and it was literally, literally a park. And then you turn up on Saturday morning. And you had the temporary stands put up and the marquees and stuff. It was like a like a magician come on, just dropped a, a stadium there. And and uh, I, I know Stuart Barnes, his um, favourite term for for, for for Southgate was um, was dogshit park. Yeah, but it was. Uh, but that's where it all began. I mean, you know, we've had all sorts of players uh, uh, train that ground here. Lioness, Seller, you know, because we trained there for for years before we actually moved to moved um, moved training grounds and moved stadiums. That's correct. You were you were playing with some legends out there, you know, uh, Michael Anar, Philippe Sella. Yeah, I've been, you know, it's, I have to pinch myself really. I mean, I, I can't believe how I've been so lucky, but I've been very, very lucky to to play with the personnel, you know, at Saracens and and, and then Salon, you know, say so ninety five. They said there's a rumor of of, of professionalism, but it was only a rumor, and it, and it all happened really overnight. Um, and I think we were blessed, uh, to be honest, with, with a 
with probably the best owner you can possibly get in Nigel Ray because he's obviously a fan, a massive fan as well as a you know, uh, and he kicked everything off, you know, and, and I can put my hand on my heart and say, oh, that man, a great deal, not you know, personally and, and also for the Saracens fan and everything. I mean, he he, he was a true fan. He, he really cared, you know, he's obviously invested a lot of money in as well, but it was a, his whole family bought into the, into the Saracens family as well, you know, his, his wife and, and Granny Ray, I, I remember when she was alive, you know, she used to be at every game and the players always used to come up and always give her a hug and stuff and it was always, it was always, no, it's, the Saracens family brand is, you know, having been there as long as I have or was, you know, I can vouch for it. You know, it, it really is a family there. Yes. And you enjoyed it so much. You spent uh, 14 years of your uh, rugby career there. So yeah, for, until yeah. uh, you were 35 years old. Yeah, 40, uh, 14 years there, 338 games. And, and as I said, I feel every single one of them in the morning. Still take you five minutes to put my socks on. <laughs> and you made, wow, 338 appearances for Saracen. I think it's a record for Saracens, definitely. Yeah, I, I do uh, believe, yeah, I do believe it is. I think Kevin Sorrell's up there. I think it's about 209, or no, 303, I think. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's definitely a record that be broken, so there's a few guys knocking on the door, I think. Yes, and for Premier League, I wouldn't be surprised as well. Something to uh, to investigate. Yeah, definitely. So, what what are your best memories of playing uh, with a club like like Saracens? Um, it was it was it was difficult. I mean, we had such you know we we'd, we have so many good seasons that were sort of panel. We couldn't understand why you know, and we've had such great. Great players, you know, we played with. As I said, I've been so lucky to play with, with some of the guys, as you mentioned, you know, Michael Liner, Philip Sandre. You know, I've had years in the back row with, with Richard Hill. You know, Tony Diprose, Francois Pinar. You know, the Paddy Johns. You know, the Wallace brothers. It was, it, it's insane. You know, it's, it's, it's a real who's who, and you know, and spending a long time there. You know, I believe uh, you are still in touch with uh, some of the. Ex player yeah. from uh, Saracen, yeah. Philip Sela was telling me that now and then you send them a few jokes, and Philip <laughs> told me, "Yeah, we I received some jokes from from uh, Chris Chesney, but I don't really understand them." No, <laughs> a lot of them are, are, are sort of vocal jokes uh, with rude noises, and and you know I normally bait him up, and he always ends up opening the email with, when he shouldn't, or open the WhatsApp when he shouldn't have. He's got people around him, and he. <laughs> And he's got these loud noises popping up, I think, and his his WhatsApp, which he finds confusing. I think the one, I think I know the one you are uh, referring, <laughs> the one in which a woman fall into, jump into a, a ravine or somewhere. Yeah, I think she's hit, <laughs> yeah, I think she hit her finger with a hammer. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. And um, from your time, um, any any good memory? Any? Yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, having to, you know, playing in, in, with those guys, with those the calibre of players always is fantastic. You always draw on that, but you know one of the greatest games I think we've we've played. I mean, I know Saracens have now won the you know Heineken Cup many many times or the Champions Cup. Now it's, now it's called, but one of the greatest memories I have is when we played when we played Munster down in uh, in, in the Rico Arena in Coventry. You know, no one gave us a, a prayer really. Yeah, it was probably Munster's greatest side. I think they they had at the time. Um, it was a who's who of of um, so it was a who's who of uh, of Irish talent there. But say so the, the game before was just I mean just as good. I mean we we played literally a Welsh a Welsh fifteen with uh, Andrew Mertens and and Ace Tia Tia. So we beat the Ospreys in the quarterfinals, which is which is a, a war of attrition. So we got that, and then having to make play Munster in the in the semi final was obviously a, another level. And you know to this day I still can't believe um, that final. When that whistle finally went for a penalty, when Andy Quinlan was killing the ball, and 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 Nigel Owens gave it against us, it just broke everyone's heart really. And you know, still to this day, when you watch that game, it should never have gone that way. But that's rugby, you know, and that's it. And you know, you will know Richard Hill never cheats, so um, we should have uh, we should have got that penalty, and we, that would have that clinched the game, last kick of the game, but. To, to be fair, you know, we was all heartbroken and, and I remember the, you know, I was very lucky, lucky poor Colonel gave me a tap on the shoulder and he swapped shirts with me and I've got his, uh, I've got his shirt hung up in my, in my corridor, in my, in my, in my, in my, sorry, my lounge, 
so that's a that's a great honour for me. And you know, the, the coaches come in, a few of the guys come in, and just literally just sort of apologise and just said we can't believe we won. I mean, their change room, you know, they won a semi final, but there's no no one singing, dancing in there. I mean, I, I think there's the greatest respect you can give a an opposition. I mean, they were actually out on their feet, and they knew they, you know, as I said, it's probably the greatest monster side. And it's been, and we go, we run them that close. So, if anything to take out of that was, was the fact there was no singing, dancing in the change room. They knew they had a really good game. Mm-hmm. So after after uh, your 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 tenure at um, at Saracens, you told me that you uh, you actually you met uh, Philippe Saint Andre when he was uh, coaching in. Um, in Gloucester? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been in, co- was in contact with my agent for a few years, but I've always been tied up with Saris. You know, I was very, also very happy at Saris and, and uh, it's just my last year, my, my contract in 2008, 2009, my agent rings me up and says, oh, do you fancy a little stint in, in France? Because Philippe's asked, asked your availability. I mean, and I, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd little, possibly going to go to France and early in my career but I didn't because uh, due, to, due to the fact my first my, my oldest daughter was, was just about to, to be born and we didn't want to didn't want to um, move the whole family over there you know we thought we'd be safer not safe but easier at home obviously with a family in England so we didn't move and, I, and at my age I, th- I thought that time had, had passed um, so I've, you know, again very lucky I, I drove up to Salle uh, spoke to uh, Philippe You know, and and he set out his his sort of store, and I was sitting there with my, with my agent, and I was expecting to basically tell us who they're signing and and um, and what sort of money we we're looking to be to be paid, etc. As as a, as a player always does, unfortunately. Um, and the first thing he says, oh, you know, Toulon is um, it's on it's on the you'll be near the beach, and we've got 330 days of sunshine. So basically, I was like, okay, where do I sign? <laughs> you bet. And you were part of the very large British contingent as well, who decided to go down south to move to to uh, to, to to play to, for Toulon. So you had the likes of Johnny Wilkinson, uh, who was playing for Newcastle, finishing with Newcastle at the time. Tom May, yeah. Cardiff, Jamie Robinson, yeah. Scotland Wing, Rory Lehman, yeah. Munster Prop, yeah. Tim Ryan. Who else did I miss? Uh, Joe, um, Chris. Joe Lab was uh, from Bristol. He, uh, yeah, he he would come over as well. Yeah, uh, I think Joe Abs the only one you've you've uh, forgot. I thought, yeah. Jimmy Coppers as well. No, no, Jimmy Coppers didn't didn't come over. No, All right. for someone else okay. in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, so, first impression of Toulon. So obviously, I suppose um, you had a meeting with Morad Bouchelal, who is a very, very colorful and passionate yeah. man of the French rugby that everybody knows. Uh, what was your first impression? How did it go? Um, it was when I, when I got there. I mean, you can't believe what sort of a what sort of a place it is. It's, it's a fantastic place, you know. Uh, the beach the sea the, yeah, the works is like a dream come true and you see the stadium and literally blows your mind away because he's he's a literal tennis ball uh, tennis balls far away from from the port you know it's such a beautiful place and as soon as you get there you know the whole town is he's a, he's a rugby town I've never really I've never really uh, witnessed this before you know because obviously Saracens was based in, in Watford so you've got competition with obviously a lot of a lot of uh, other rugby teams as well, as well as football over here. So, you know, I'm there, yeah, it's not like Gloucester or Bath or Bristol where you speak to those people, they get that sort of community sort of feel because it's sort of so localised. Watford mm-hmm. and London's a lot bigger bigger place. And so when you go about, everyone's every car's got a Toulon sticker on it, you know, everyone's got a Toulon T-shirt and, you know, it, it's uh, it's crazy. And, you know, everyone sort of welcomes you. You're, you know, you're playing for our, for our city sort of thing and they seem to embrace you, look after you and, and are very uh, hospitable, even, even though I'm English. <laughs> yes, yeah. And uh, Stade Mario has got such a great and friendly atmosphere. I suppose you must have been uh, quite amused the first time you heard... Uh, the Pillow Blue. Um, 
Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, when I hear it now, it still sends shiver down my spine. You say it's a friendly place. It's, it's a friendly place when you when you're uh, when you're winning, and when you're and you're playing for Toulon. But uh, I mean, if if you're in opposition, I mean, thankfully I've not had the 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 chance to play against Toulon. So, but the, you know, the crowd are is are amazing, absolutely amazing. You yeah. know, they they just back you all the way. And yeah, they are generally the 16th man, and you know, it's, I don't think it's a very nice experience to to play there as the opposition, you know, because it's very intense there, very hostile there, you know, like like every French uh, ground here, we, you know, we've experienced it every time we played away, how how hostile and and passionate the French supporters are, which which is amazing. Yeah, I was extremely lucky to have experienced uh, the um, Saracen, Toulon versus Saracen in January 2016 yeah. in the Stade Mayol. Yeah. But I have to say, I mean, the atmosphere was great and the supporters we were welcomed with open yeah. arms. And it's, you know, one thing you only see in rugby in football, you would never ever see it in a seat. So amazing, amazing experience. And uh, yeah, so so Toulon, how, what kind of training, how much the training differ from the training you got from from Sarah um, you were playing for for Toulon under uh, you played first your coach was Philippe yeah, Saint-André and then Bernard yeah as, as again you know I've been lucky enough to to be coached by those two guys I mean you're legends of the game um it's uh it was quite physical you know which which is which is quite nice which has suited me and hopefully that's probably one of the reasons Philippe sort of signed me um but then he did you were sort of rewarded, really. There was no, there's nothing written in concrete, you know. If you played well, you know, you done well, you played hard, you know, you you'd get rewarded by the training would be a little bit easier, you know. Philippe would 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 have a saying, you know, you know, if you're hungry, you'll eat the steak, you know. So then they would he would not, not train us too much. So we get, when he gets to Saturday, you'd be hungry for for, you know, for, that, for that steak, which is which is the the game sort of thing. You'd be hungry for the game. You just want to go out and, and, and unleash hell, and that's how we um and that's how we we went about things, you know. But when we did lose or didn't play well, you know, you know, just as kind as he was when you're winning, he would turn he would turn it around if if you're losing sort of thing and really give it to you and you really train hard and and obviously you know the, the caliber of, of player we had at the squad at the time. You know, training was very competitive, very intense. You know, and and especially that first year, we had such a, we had such an influx of of players from different countries, you know, different hemispheres. You know, and you know, people we got a lot of bad press, and I know more, I got a lot of flack. But you know, how we all got together in the first couple of weeks, you know, there was no. You got the who's who of rugby there, but there's no egos. Everyone out together. You know, there was no pockets. There was no little groups or anything. You know, the French and the English and the South Africans and the Samoans. You know, we all got on together, and it was really it was like two fingers to the, up to the, to the rest of France, really. You know, because they obviously would give us bad press and things like that. Call us mercenaries and old timers. But you know, we had an amazing season. The first season, we gelled really well. You know, we just worked really hard. We was all just you know, we just all all bought into into one thing, and and the, the three years I had there was all very very similar. Yes, yeah, and looking at you know the the the, the what um, uh, what Philippe Saint André achieved in Toulon as well, he, he, he did quite well, you know, because on uh, during the first year Toulon finished second. On yeah, we joint we well, joint first, but we lost some I think points difference, which that that year. I think uh, I can't remember what game we lost a point on, but basically we dropped. We was that first year. We, yeah, we would we finished top with Perpignan on, on points, but obviously they went through on points difference. Then, unfortunately, how it worked out is that the top then choose where the semi final was, and I think the two semi finals venues that year was Montpellier or uh, Saint Etienne. Now, now Perpignan chose Montpellier. You know that would have been perfect for us because you know, that's only mm-hmm. a couple of hours down the road, and uh, so we obviously had to go to Saint Etienne, and that's literally forty minutes from Clermont. And you know, I remember my mum and dad. You know, flew mum and dad over, watched the game, and I remember getting a text and said, "There's not a lot. Of, uh, there were Toulon supporters there, but obviously, the Clermont snapped up all the tickets because you know that semi-final is is a sea of." Of yellow and blue, and you know how how passionate the uh, yes. the Claremont was. So all French supporters, how passionate they are. I mean, they obviously had had their hand on the on the tickets, 
you know, it was literally like a home game and it, the game went into extra time and, you know, we was, we was very, very unlucky and, yeah, we, we there, there's a, uh, I think it was an outrageous drop goal by, oh, I can't remember the bloody South African's name now. Um, yeah, he, he dropped a goal from the halfway line, I think, which which clinched the bloody game, which which is heartbroken. And, and then, after that, we lost the um, the um, the Amnin uh, final against Cardiff. Yeah. So we had a bad bad last couple of weeks of the season. <laughs> but still, you know, you made some some friends for life. Yeah. I suppose you know you're still in touch with some of them. Um, how so? When you first arrived in France, so you had no, you couldn't speak any word of no. French. No, no, no. How did it work, and what were your impression of France? As well? uh, you know, it, they, if you, you know, I've never, never spoke French. I mean, Philippe made it um, very clear that everyone there had to speak French. All training was done in French. Obviously, we had interviews and things. And, and Tom Whitford, our, one of our team managers, he would help us out during the interviews and stuff. But I think that's really, Philippe was very adamant. He wanted that. And I, and, and I got that because there was a large contingent of, of foreigners in the team. You need Toulon is a is a very very uh, French French place. You know, no one speaks English there. You know, uh, as I found out, so I brought my my girls over there. My, my youngest was born in, in Toulon, and my my two eldest started school there at two and four. And you know, and uh, they could probably tell the story better than me. But they would sit there and you'd have a your teacher writing off French. I would never clue what's going on because no one spoke English. But then they've benefited they've benefited from that now because I mean, their French is, is fantastic. But, you know, I turned up there and I, I was there about four weeks before my my family turned up and I was in you know, a lovely, lovely villa, but I had no cutlery, nothing. And basically, still now, they're like my French mum and dad, uh, Bridget and um, and Guy Luter and their son, Thierry. I'm sort of, sort of like they're, they're adopted English son now. They looked after me and they've also helped me out. They've also helped with the children. They're, they're just great family friends. Now. You know, I, I see them as my... As my uh, my French mum and dad, which is which is lovely, and but yeah, you try and, the good thing about over there, they really appreciate the you know the Toulon really appreciate the fact that we was we was trying to speak French over there, and they'd help us, they'd understand us because we you know, when we first started over there, it probably wasn't the greatest French ever ever spoke, but they they really tried and uh, to understand us, and, and and which helped us out a great deal. Oh, that's lovely, and you're still the, the fact you're still in touch um, with your French uh, yes. second family, and yeah. you go there once a year, you know, to to see them. And yeah, so yeah. Well, yeah, I go, oh, every, yeah, I go back to uh, Toulon every year. You know, it's very important to me. I love the place. You know, I've got so many friends and and say like family over there. It's, it's an amazing place. Yes. Um, so, and I really like actually the ethics, the fact that um, uh, Philippe, you know, made sure that all yeah. players spoke French. I saw actually a video on YouTube, I think it was just before 2013, <laughs> uh, Heineken Champion Cup, in which uh, uh, Johnny Wilkinson was motivating the players <laughs> in French. His French is better yeah, than Yeah, well, mine yeah, his now. French is amazing. <laughs> Everything Johnny does is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a yeah. perfectionist. That, that, that's for sure. But you know, we spoke in French earlier, and I know your French is is still very good. We are just very, very modest. But um, and and and, and Mohad, and I know Mohad is such a colorful character. I know, unfortunately, I mean, he decided to let go of um, yeah of Toulon. Now the Toulon Toulon is under the tenure of uh, mm -hmm. of Le Maître. But, but can you tell me a few? Uh, a few moments, you know, of uh, some some instances when when Murad really really <laughs> came out of his between bracket shell. Yeah, and, yeah know, I mean, I, I, uh, as I said, I've been lucky. You know, two owners of of the two clubs I play for have been very passionate. You know, and, and big supporters of, of of the club as well, which always helps. You know, and but let's say I think Murad's a little bit more uh, outspoken than, than Nigel. Uh, if I put that politely, and but Steph Moore is a, he's a passionate <laughs> guy, you know, he's, he's he's also a businessman, he's successful, you know, and sometimes his views on on French referees, uh, when when made public in the in the, in the papers, didn't obviously help us because fifty fifties weren't then really fifty fifties, so we was getting a bit of the wrong end of the stick. But listen, we knew that before, you know, we come in because he wants he wanted to be successful. He built that squad, and he. He wanted to do well. And he was passionate, you know, and he used to get. He had he had a few bands, I think, and he'd find little loopholes where 
he was, I think he's banned for, I don't know how many, how many days he was banned for, for, for something he put in the papers about the referees and he found some loophole that if he, if he stood in the cage, uh, by the tunnel, it was, wasn't actually part of the stadium. So, cause he had a stadium ban. So I think he, there's a little loophole there. So he, he stood for, for, uh, and sat on the cage for, for, <laughs> up, up, up for the whole game, just, uh, you know, watching and, and, and loving, uh, Toulon. Yes. Oh, so I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. You know, I saw him once when he played against Saracens, but uh, no, he did. He did behave at that time. But I, I, I can see that following some research I've done, he was banned for 130 days yeah. from top 14, uh, following an image outburst yeah. after Toulon lost a match against Clermont Ferrand. Yeah. In January 2012, so you were playing there, yeah. I suppose. And he said, I apologize for sensitive ears. It's completely un-PC comment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be sued for it. But he said, the uh, oh, I had my first referee sodomy against Clermont in the semi-final in 2010. I've just had my second tonight. Yeah. It's supposed to hurt the first time. But it hurts again this time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I well, well, laugh, I mean, that's, that's... It sounds a bit like uh, Eddie Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It's very colorful. Yeah. It's very colorful. Yeah. I mean, so I've been lucky enough to play under Eddie as well. So, but yeah, I think when, when oh, you can't blame someone for, for saying things like that, you know, when, when you, when you invest not just money, but time and emotion to the club, you know, he wasn't just a bank roller. He, he watched every game into training. You know his offices were were at the um, at the ground. You know, and when you put so much to- you know so much of your life into something, you, you are, I think you are entitled to have a bit of a rant. You just as just as much as the players do. You know, you you owe that man a lot. Yes, and he's from the south of France. Yeah. Even more passionate than yeah. normal French yeah, yeah. over there. Yeah, no, so. I've got a lot, I've got a lot of time for Morad. You know, I've got really, really well with Morad, and you know, I've got that utmost respect for him. Yes, yeah, he did extremely well. I think he managed, you know, from a small club, was still stuck in Pro D2, you know, managed yeah. to um, to win two Heineken yeah. Cup uh, and a few top 14 as well. So, yeah, he started the resurgence. I mean, obviously, Tolon back in the time with, with uh, uh, Eric Sean, and you know, they were, they were a formidable side and, and they lost their way a little bit. So, it was nice to be part of that resurgence you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I forgot you also you played under Eddie Jones you were in Saracen yes yeah yeah I played uh, I played under Eddie for, for a year yeah and uh, now I'm yeah I've got a nice uh, relationship with Eddie you know he doesn't 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 uh, uh, mix his words you know and, and again I mean he's done he's done so much for my game you know uh, even even when I was finishing my career itself, and I still have his words in my head. You know, he's, he's, he, the way he manages people and, and uh, engages with people. Sometimes not to everyone's cup of tea, but he's got your best interests at heart. And he motivates you. He, he knows what he wants from someone. If he and if he wants something from someone, and he knows you've got it inside you. He will drag it out, literally kick it and scream, and he, he will drag it out of you. And I, I already a great deal for for probably prolonging my career because uh, you know he, he, he told me to focus on things you know what I can do and work on other things and, and when I left Saracens he gave me his full blessing and you know I spoke to him quite a bit after uh you know we'll keep in touch with Eddie sort of thing and he's, he's helped me a great deal and his words still uh <laughs> still go around my head <laughs> yes he's, he's, a, he's a perfectionist yeah. he's a very good technician <laughs> that that's for sure he did and he's done well with the, the England yeah it was well. amazing yeah Yes, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes now for the crunch on the 13th of March yep. in Twickenham. I really hope I can be there. Would be nice. I know, so have... I, yeah. So, what do you make of the French team? You know, because you know Fabien Gatier, do you? I mean, from his time. Yeah, in, I, pl- well, I played in... against. Yeah, I played against Fabien, um, and I think he was. Uh, was he? Yeah, was it Mont- I think he was coaching Montpellier. I think when he was. Oh, he yes, he did. yeah. He had a spell there. Yeah, and then did he have a, he had a spell at Toulon as well, didn't he? A very brief yeah, one, very brief yes. One. Yeah, well. so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think having the, the setup there as they've got, I mean, they've got some on the coaching um, team now, they've got some, some, you know, some legends, you know, who are very quite close to the, quite close to the game. You know, so I think that's going to inspire the nation a great deal. 
you know, it's it's quite a, a bit of a poison challenge. I think the, the French uh, the French job. Yeah, I don't think you, the, I don't think you had any bad coaches there. You've been a bit unlucky, and you know, and yeah, the the French play with such flair, and when it when they when it goes, it, it, when it clicks, it clicks, and sometimes it, when it doesn't, it it it, uh, it does go you know quite miraculously wrong. I mean, how they lost that semi, the, uh, the 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 World Cup match, you know, when I think it was against Wales, it was I still can't believe that you know just a just a, a hot head boom, and it, the whole game changes. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which uh, which players? And also, I forgot to mention, you played on the La Porte as well. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, when, you, when, you're, when you're as old as I am, you, you tend to play a lot uh, under a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're only forty six years old. Yeah, <laughs> you only retired like three years ago, yeah. so it's not too bad. <laughs> you still have it. You still have in you anyway. So, uh, any any uh, from the UK side and from the French side, any players you greatly admire? <laughs> Uh, I mean, some of the best players, you know, I've been lucky. I mean, people like George Smith, you know, that, that, you know I'd lucky to have two years with him. He's, he's a unbelievable talent, you know. I mean, I, as I say, it's very hard to, to pick to pick out one. I mean, I mean, George, is, you know, when, when you when you used to watch him, you should think he was just a, a man who would win a ball at a breakdown, but his, his whole skill set and his his education and, and things like that, you know, that's probably where he stood out. But I mean, you know, the players are probably your Johnny, Francois, you know, like Richard Hill, you know, Matt Gitto, Sonny Bill, Tyler Amongus. It's, it's ridiculous, you know. I can't, I, you know, I've, I've been absolutely spoiled. It's, it's, it's an absolute joke, really, when I you know, sit down and think about it. And you don't often talk about it, but you when know, you have a few beers with people and it comes up in conversation, you can't really. Yeah, you, know, you can't really believe what you what you've done. I suppose. So, as I said, I've been very, very lucky. You were born on a lucky star. That's that's for sure. Pisces, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yes, and what about uh, I mean, current players? Well, current players at the moment. Yes, in the, in the English team, any team. Yeah, obviously. Uh... Yeah, I mean, uh, Billy Villapone obviously is, is, a, is a massive talisman there. There's a lot of lot of pressure under under him. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to, you know, when I was at Isha, uh, I was playing with a young Carl Sinclair, you know, because obviously he was at Harlequins, uh, he was playing the, the, the A team of Harlequins at the time, so he'd play some senior rugby with me at Isha. So I, I, my first sort of introduction to, to senior rugby, I was, I was behind him, so we, we had a bit of fun together, and I, I knew he was always destined for great things, you know, and then, and he has. He's totally delivered. I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. He's doing really, really well. Yes, yes, definitely. I understand. Before you moved, you you played for Saracen. Wasp uh, was hiring you up as well. What was that? Um, before you uh, you joined Saracens in 1995 yeah. as well, uh, Wasp and uh, Arlequins as well were interested. Yeah. In you in that squad? Yeah, I mean, when you when you make sort of like the the England under twenty ones, you normally yeah you normally get get asked um, and inquires obviously because they they're trying to get some of the some of the best younger sort of players through and and I was I was considering considering that and it, I owe a lot really to Jason Leonard because I mean Jason's obviously some barking rugby club as well and you know he he, he, he spoke to me a few times and told me. His views, because I started late, he, he said, listen, you want to stay at Barking for a couple of years and play senior rugby because you're going to get knocked about a bit by men, you know, and you're going to learn a lot quicker than than the not so non-abrasive um, under-21 rugby. He said, listen, stay at Barking for a couple of years where, where you're going to learn a lot. Of, you know, as I said, getting knocked about by older men, older, wiser men, it, was, it would toughen you up. And then, he, and then when Saracens came up, he said, listen, it's probably a good idea to go to a club like Saracens where you're going to play and learn your trade. So, again, I owe lots of, lots of Mr. Leonard, you know, so I was lucky enough to play with his brothers as well. So, so that was uh, that was nice of him to, to show a bit of interest in me. Oh, that's lovely. You got so lucky to have a yeah. such great uh, mentors, Jason Leonard, Eddie yeah. Jones, uh, who else? Which other players or coach play um, an important role in your career? Uh, well, I think that's, I mean, that's about it, really. We've got regarding who's, who's I was still content really, and really stimulated my, my career, you know, and, and you know, things that, that, you know, 
it's time ahead, you know, especially, I mean, Eddie's, Eddie's put a lot there, you know, Francois as well, I haven't played with someone like Francois, you know, they, they, they do, you know, it's nice to play with, with probably Joe Van Eerkog as well, I think he's probably one of the, one of the best captains I think I've ever, play, ever played with, you know, when he, he would speak, people would listen, and bear in mind, at Toulon when he was captain, the, the pedigree of players he was talking to, and I can tell you now, you you wouldn't need a you wouldn't need a door out of the change room because you just run through the wall after after listening to a a, a, a totally off the cuff speech from 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 Joe. You know, he never preempted anything. He never written anything down. It's all all heart, all emotion. You know, and you literally would run through a wall. You wouldn't need a door to get outside the change room. Mm-hmm. So uh, after so after two long, you moved back to the UK and you played for. Um, yeah, sure. And then South End until uh, until three years yeah, ago. Yeah, South End. Yeah, I mean, I, I did some got a family and friends, good friends in in South End. Uh, I used to coach there when I was um, when I was at South when I was at Saracens. I used to go up and do a bit of coaching the forwards. So it's always a, they've always got a bit of a special place in my heart, and I've always I always promised them that I would finish my career there and uh, put my rugby boots in the bin. At, uh, at at South End Rugby Club, so I was lucky enough to walk off the pitch at South End, put my boots in the bin, only to return to pick up my bag and found that someone's nicked them. So that's a... Oh no! <laughs> oh, South End. Yeah. Oh well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, dear. Okay, so you retired officially um, a, few, yep. a few years ago, and uh, in, and, and what's life with last, you now? What, last, what uh, you it's changed yes. a bit now. I, mean, uh, I am now. A, uh, I've been working as a bodyguard for the last few years, which is um, can be quite exciting at some uh, in some stages, but I really enjoy it. Um, it's a it's a nice job, something we're comfortable with, and I've been lucky enough to to work with with some 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 great people. So and you know that's, that's with and for. So I've been I've been very lucky. Obviously for confidentiality reasons, I can't can't give out names, but um, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. a good experience. I'm very 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 happy with what I'm doing now, and I, I really enjoy it. And you're a very good runner because one of your. Uh, uh, Asset was you were very known. You were well known for your size and athletic ability yeah. as well, because you were able to run. Yeah, yeah, I used, yeah. Uh, 100 <laughs> meters in 11.2 yes, seconds. Yeah, zero two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite... So wow, you're a bodyguard and you can run after bad boys, bad guys, you know. And with your physique, I was telling you earlier. You know, I spoke with um, Jamie Cudmore in one of my yeah. podcasts, and his brother is Daniel Cudmore. Yeah. With uh, who was Colossus in uh, yeah, the X Men? Yeah. Uh, hey, you missed your chance there, Chris. It was never too late, <laughs> you know. With the Marvel series, you know, starting all over again, you know, you should try. You try, should try. No, you're, you're, you're very kind, day. but unfortunately, I've got a face like a smashed crab, so it wouldn't go down too well with it on screen. I, I think I've got. A... I think it would be perfect for Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> on the contrary, no, people, you could say bad boys. Yeah, people or... say I've got a face of radio. So, yeah. <laughs> so and um finally is there something you wish you would have done when you were playing rugby um yeah i mean i would, to, I would be very very close to you know obviously winning winning a league and maybe winning winning a, a trophy that's always it's always uh it's always burned me and and you know Obviously, not being capped, that's that always burns you because know, I think when you're when you're a professional sportsman, you want to you want to hit the top level. You know, yes, I've been very very lucky with the teams I've played and and, and the players I play with. You know, but on the on the other hand, when I was at my peak, you know, England had were World Cup champions. You know, we had the best pack in the world for goodness how many years. So I was competing against the the very very best in the world. You know, so I do take. I do obviously frustrating because I said when you're when you're professional you want to you you want to reach the top. But I take solace in the fact that you know, <laughs> you know England were were the best the best at the time when I was at my peak. So you know so um, that makes it a little bit easier. And you played with such wonderful players. You had such a great experience. You played, you know, for Saras and then Toulon. You know, wow, that's you know, yeah, really it, it does make on your yeah. on your rugby CV as well. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Well, it's been very, very nice to, to speak with you. Any any jokes, any good memories you can tell uh, me? That resonates no, with me. Not really, we broadcast with no. you, no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I try. I try yeah, every yeah. week. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, too polite. What happens during the... Yes, what well, yeah, goes and tours, stays and tours, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Philippe said I was telling me that when he was playing for a game in Agence, I think, it was he was playing with one player and the one player during the match used to crack oh. a joke during the game. He said, I've no. never played with a player yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, so that was, uh, that was quite good. But uh, yes, that's, uh, but I'm sure you've got a head full yep. of memories and I would love to read a book, your book, you know, if you could... Uh, um, write one today, or maybe I might see you in one of the Marmor Marmor yes, movies. Yeah, yeah. You know, that could be uh, your next, uh, <laughs> your next step. You know? you. So it's been really nice to speak with you. Monica, thank you so much. Six Nation. Six it's... Nations. Not not long to go now. Still on. Still on. On the French side, very quickly, because it's called French Rugby Connection, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, latest is that uh, Thomas Ramos, unfortunately, uh, won't be able to play as he's uh, suffering from a groin injury. But he's been replaced by, by the very talented uh, uh, Rates from Montpellier. Uh, so, the French team is in, is in good hands or in good feet, shall I, shall I say. Um, uh, the three uncut players that I mentioned last week were incorrect. They are actually Donovan Tao Fifefenoua from Racing, Julien Delpuy from Stade Francais, and Georges Henri Colomb Racing. So well done on being selected for as part of the 37 team um, um, squad. Um, uh, they're starting their training next week in beautiful Nice, and the 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 stakes are high. You know, after winning, after actually losing on point difference to England in, last year, um, and also you know they lost um, during the COVID Cup, Autumn Cup, you know, in the extra time, <clears throat> courtesy of Andrew Brace. Brace. <laughs> uh, they, this year, you know, their objective is really to win uh, some silverware. So yeah. let's let's wait and see. So they are in good shape right now. But uh, what's what's happening in the England um, England um, team? Yeah, I just heard today that the forwards coach Matt Proudfoot has tested positive for COVID. So um, obviously he'll be. Um, self-isolating, as will Eddie Jones and the Max coach Simon Amor. So, so for the next 10 days at least, um, they're going to be a bit short, England, on the old coaching front, certainly on the field anyway. Mm, interesting. Well, I hope uh, I wish the best to Matt uh, Proudfoot and I hope it's not too, too serious. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Scotland, Scotland, um, Gregor Totsen announced uh, today's squad will be led by uh, Stuart Hogg with 80 caps. Um, usual suspect in his squad, but there are new uh, three new faces. Ewan Ashman from Sale, David Cherry from Edinburgh, and Alex Craig from Gloucester. And uh, Wales as well, I believe, you know, they, uh, they've been yeah. some announcements yeah, as well. Exactly, yeah. To, to use one of your stock phrases, it was the usual suspects. <laughs> Apart from... Uh, Dan Lydiot, who's 33 years old, won his last cap against Australia in 2018. He's back in the team. He's been playing outstandingly well for for his region, Ospreys. The other, perhaps, uh, surprise is that Reese Webb, the scrum half, who, who used to play for Toulon last season, of course, um, he's been left out. But uh, Alan Wynne-Jones is there yet again on 143 caps, so he just keeps on, like old man River, he just keeps on rolling along. And, uh, yeah, Wales are hoping for a for a, a turn in their fortunes uh, in this tournament. And it uh, be interesting to see how they go. Yes, they have They have to win. Yes, since uh, uh, they, they, they might be there, hopefully. 
hopefully. <laughs> and Italy, no news from Italy from the, on the Italian side. So no, I'm not sure when the squad's coming out, and also the Irish, of course, mm-hmm. um, still got to come out. So I imagine it'll be in the next next few days because next week, of course, is the official Six Nations launch. So. Um, Everything will need to be in place by then. Yes, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to this tournament. Uh, as of today, it's 15 days, 15 days to go. So let's hope it's going to... No, I'm saying let's hope. No, it will happen. One one another. Worst case situation is that if we have to select one location uh, already... Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, you wish. No, Paris, Paris has been an earmark uh, with Hassing, Hassing Stadium. So uh, as a worst case scenario, if if the Six Nations Committee has to uh, select one, one location. Well, I think Eng- England will have to leave now then with all the Brexit delays and everything, <laughs> won't they? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, you know, it's... Uh... They'll be in a car park in Dover for <laughs> most of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yes, courtesy of, of Boris Brexit. Oh. Top 14. Yeah. It's a feeling of deja vu, top 14, isn't it? It never stops. It goes on and on and on like a vignette. So that was um, catch-up matches, les matchs en retard. So it started with Bordeaux versus Clermont. Um, it's sixteen all draw, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, not not a great result for Christophe Oyos, who was expecting a better a better score as they were playing in um in the Stade Chalbon Dal- Dalmas. But having said that, <laughs> all I've the been th- there, you know. You've been there. Yeah, I went there for the nineteen ninety eight. Um, a football world cup i think i saw mexico against who is it mexico oh, i can't remember mexico were playing but yeah i saw mexico there in the 1988 football world cup i've heard it's a great stadium it's got a lot yeah, of atmosphere it, it was about 90 degrees it was absolutely boiling there i remember that oh 30 degrees you mean yeah not 90 yeah <laughs> Well, 90 in old money. Yeah. See, see, Brexit now, we're going back to old. <laughs> oh, no. We'll talk about yards soon. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so the game, um, Clermont did really well, bearing in mind that at uh, 12 and 14 minutes, they lost two of their players. Uh, Yato and Pellissier received each um, a yellow card. So, um, but it didn't deter Clermont at all because at 20 minutes, Penaud, Damien Penaud scored a try. So well done to, to Damien, you know, one to look. I'm very pleased he's part of the, the French yeah. team and he was uh, congratulated and hugged by his, uh, by his French uh, Les Bleus teammate, uh, Mathieu Jalibert. Uh, during halftime, the score was 13 to 10. Uh, Lamotte did score earlier uh, a, a try for, for, for Bordeaux as well. Um, and it finished off by another try from uh, from Jean-Pascal Barak, who is actually the captain of Sevens, just for your information. That was his, his ever first try. Um, and the overall score was 16-16. A um, little bit of gossip, little bit of handbags. You know, not from the players, yeah. but from the coaches, from, from, um, don't know oh, whether grumpy. you've heard. Yes. Yeah, old grumpy boy. Yeah, from uh, Christophe Orioz and, and Bez. There were a few yeah. words exchanged, you know, not the, the, Christophe Orioz basically told uh, his, uh, his, his, his counterpart to, to shut up, but not in a, in the most pleasant okay. way. And a bit more carried... Anglo Saxon language, was it? Exactly. And he's, is he mentioned actually? I can tell you, you know, shut up in a very rude way, shut your trap. You say, Ferm Tiger, okay, yeah, but it's not something you want to say. <laughs> I never ever use that expression, Femme la bouche. No, nobody says that, nobody, say. nobody. That's just O level, <laughs> O level French, is it? Okay, <laughs> no, you said, Tetois, la ferme, shut up, or Ferm Tiger, silence. 
Yeah. Or, or you can say zip it. La ferme. La ferme is zip it. Anyway, okay. we'll talk about our French yeah. lesson later. Then we had Derby taking place in, in, um, in Le Pays Basque, in Bayonne. So it was Bayonne versus Po. Um, overall score was 22-23. Not too many tries. Actually, three tries from Po, one try from from Bayonne, one yellow card. Um, so uh, Bayonne, who ranked 12th, uh, would probably um, take poor, um, poor, uh, poor places now on, on the on the table. So mm. which which games did you did you, you watch? Montpellier versus Castel? Yeah, you? I had the Sunday Sunday slot overtime, double time on Sunday. So Montpellier against Castres. Poor, poor Montpellier, honestly. They were leading half-time 16-11, so it looked like you know, there's a possibility they might actually get a win. But they lost eventually 21-19 at home to Castra. Uh, two tries for Castra from Dumora and Vaipulu. And um, there's a name, Urda Paletta, I think he's called. 11 points from the boot. And from... For Montpellier, a try for Immelman and French fullback Boutier. He got 14 points with the boot. But, you know, Montpellier played 13, lost 10, which is absolutely staggering. And I mean, if it wasn't for Agen, who played 14 and lost 14, um, there's an 18 point gap between uh, Montpellier, second from bottom, and Agen at the bottom. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's dismal days for. Uh, Montpellier, and on the back of that, the gossip is that um, um, the ex-Wallaby coach Michael Checker will be coming into Montpellier in June to take over from Philippe Saint Andre. But that is is just a rumor at the moment. I heard that. I heard the name of Warren Gatlin as well. Oh my God. Yes, from the wow, red line. Wow. Uh, but June seems to be far away. They need somebody right now. Yeah. And today, I... actually, you know, Gus, you know who Gus is? Paul Gus yeah. Gart just yeah, announced. Yeah, just left you know, Harlequins, yeah? Yeah, I thought, like, oh, you know, um, I will shoot you down in the South France because very, very, very good coach. You know, I'm hoping yeah. that... Uh, you know, maybe he could be there for six months because Philippe Saint-André is very clear. You know, he's been there, done that. You know, right now he's the director of rugby, of um, rugby director, you know, in yeah. in uh, in Montpellier. But he had to go, you know, back, back on the pitch again. You know, he's, he's doing that in the interim, but it's not really his... Uh, not really is a is 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 cup of tea, if you know. <laughs> no, no, I mean. and Gustad would certainly shore up that defence, which which really needs... Sure that would up, be great. It? That would be. Oh, I would love to see that. You know, my send a quick message to, uh, to Gus. Hey, you know, there is that uh, that position. <laughs> he probably knows that. Uh, but who knows? Or maybe Gus might go to Japan. There is some rumor that Chris Ashton, Chris Ashton is going to leave at the end of the season. Are the Queens as well? And my move yeah, to. I'm surprised at all. My move but to. Anyway, back. Yeah, final yeah. game on Sunday night. Uh, classic between Racing ninety two and Toulon. And a you know, very good win in in La Défense for Toulon, 29-23. Uh, pretty close, close game. Half-time, it was 20 points each. And really, it was the boot of uh, Carboneau that, that sealed it for uh, Toulon. Five penalties, two conversions, following two tries from Rebadge and Serran. And for Racing, Machino kicked three penalties, two conversions. And Ore and Teddy Toma scored tries for Racing, but that's that's a big, big scalp for uh for Toulon, definitely. And of course the talking point which probably everybody <laughs> everybody has seen on Twitter uh, or Facebook or wherever else was um Vrimi Vakatawa in goal, prancing around before touching the ball down. Just as he was about to touch the ball down in goal, he got tackled. The ball was knocked out of his grasp. And he didn't score the try, you know, which which ironically would have won them the game because it was right in front of the sticks. The conversion would have gone over. So, you know, <sighs> golden rule, put the ball down, didn't they? So that's such a great tackle. Oh, yeah. Strategic tackle from Gabin Villiers. Wow. 
Amazing, amazing. And Gabin, uh, Gabin will definitely be part of the next... Um, well, he's part of the squad anyway, so I'm sure yeah. he'll, be, he'll be playing. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Never take things for granted. Absolutely. Uh, Neil, Neil back on Twitter was saying, it was, come on, it's a schoolboy error, but I'm yeah. sure that... Viri, uh, Viri, as his friends called him, Viri will never make that No, this is again. the thing, isn't it? I know Freddie, <laughs> Freddie Burns did it for um, Gloucester, I think, in the European Cup. And I think it was Patrick Estev, the, the French winger at Twickenham once, got the ball knocked out of his arms just as he was about to touch down. And as you rightly say, I think you only make that mistake once. <laughs> he's going to make, in France, you say, he's, he va se faire chambrer Oh. Uh, is 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 a is a teammate in the French team are going to tease oh, him over and over. Absolutely. Not not the, not the coach. Over. Yeah. I think the coach of Racing Metro, you know, uh, forgave him. But you know, unfortunately, I think it did cost them the match. Yeah. Well, this weekend yeah. we got another pack weekend um, in the top fourteen on Friday night. La Rochelle at home to Bayonne. On Saturday, it's Racing against um, Bordeaux. Clermont against Castra. Poor Ajon, bottom of the table there at home to Toulouse. I don't fancy their chances there. Montpellier at home to Lyon. And on Sunday, it's Poe against Brive. And to finish off, as Toulon seemed to do on Sunday nights, Toulon there at home to Stade Francais. So some, some cracking games coming up this weekend. Mm, can't wait. French trans- translation. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just mentioned it earlier. We'll see whether you were listening to me. How do you say? How do you say to tease? To tease a player. Did you say that earlier? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Typical <laughs> man. Never listen to a woman. Well, I just listened to bits. You know. The... <laughs> Try and get the highlights. <laughs> to it all. Uh, teas. Um, uh, I don't know. Titillate. They are titillate. No, <laughs> not quite. That's, that's, quite, that's quite a difficult one. You say se faire chambrer. Faire chambrer. Oh, I thought you were talking about cheese. Se faire chambrer. <laughs> I thought it was a cheese you were talking about. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I heard you say that, but I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and another one you mentioned, just to refresh your memory, how do you say to score? To score, I know. I only know try, which is essay. Yes, but I don't know what to score. Uh, no, tell me. Scorey. Scorey. <laughs> Scorey. French people. Scorey. 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 It's like everybody's name, isn't it? It was Jonesy or Piercy or Scorey. Scorey. S. C O R E R is using more and more, which is an English okay, well, that's, anyway. that's <laughs> My my life is all the richer for that one. <laughs> so you see, even Nigel Owen, you know, could remember that word "scorey." <laughs> Look, he, he only needs to speak uh, cow now. He doesn't need to worry about languages now. Exactly. Only need to speak well. So. <laughs> vash, vash. Yeah. <laughs> French joke. You've got a rugby joke for me, I believe. I have. Oh, makes a change. Okay. Georgian prop, okay, goes to the doctor and he says to the doctor, Doctor, every morning I wake up, I get up, I look in the mirror and I feel sick. What's wrong with me? The doctor says, I don't know, but your eyesight is perfect. (laughs) That's a bit far fetched. Well, I thought I better not go with, you know, what you call a waiter at the World Cup or whatever, which seems to be the normal. <laughs> Any other business? I'm trying to think. No, I think we're all. I think we're all gearing up for the for the Six Nations now, aren't we? And just hoping that you know nothing, nothing goes wrong in the meantime. I know Bath have had some some COVID cases. Um, I'll tell you what, though, I missed not having any rugby last weekend and and this weekend. Uh, there is a, a Welsh derby on Friday night between uh, Scarlets and Cardiff Blues. So at least 
that's on. Uh, and, you know, the usual old thing is such a shame we can't get any top 14 coverage in the UK. I really don't understand because I'm sure there'll be a demand for it. Absolutely, especially after uh, AI has been crying out by yeah. our listeners. You know, where can I watch top 14 and so on? So uh, I'm sure there will be a change sooner or later. We can, we can, we can do that, you and me. Yeah. You know? So something, something to, to bear in mind. Um, well, I've got some news regarding a transfer uh, to Gabriel Abitoye. Mm-hmm. Abitoye, who only played, I think, three games uh, in Agence, three or four games. He scored to try, however... Actually, I beg your pardon. He played five games for Agen before, um, before, um, before he got depressed. Not playing, <laughs> before not playing anymore. He's got two tries, started really well. He was, you know, the wonder boy from from top 14 during the first game. He's going to join uh, Montpellier. Oh, God. That's a great... <laughs> as, yes, as an injury cover for the rest of the season. Okay, so he's working his way up the table, is he? He's gone from bottom to second bottom. I would say... <laughs> I would say watch this face, watch this face, because it is Ajan needs, uh, no, sorry, Montpellier needs something. You know, they they just, ah, oh, it's so frustrating because they've had so, uh, just, the, the money is there, the investments, what's missing? I, I, yeah, you look I, at that I, team, I really you look know. at that lineup and you think, how on earth are they second from bottom of the top 14? I mean, well, maybe they don't click too many. Uh, there's something, something missing. Uh, je ne sais quoi. We got the talent. You have to bear in mind there are some older players as well that have joined the ranks. Um, Andre Pollard was injured during a game uh, at, against Racing Metro. So they've had a, a few, um, a few injuries, a few injured mm-hmm. players as well. But it doesn't doesn't explain. So yeah, need some some refresh. It's not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> you know, they can still they can still go up. You know, I'm a positive it, person. It, remi- it, remind, it uh, reminds me. You know, I I spoke when I spoke to Guillaume Girardo once. You know, the old French hooker, and I said to him, "Why is it? You know, France will play brilliant one week. You know, have a great win or two great wins, and then be dreadful." I, I said, "What's you know? Why is that?" And he just said, "Well, it's because we're French." <laughs> He, 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 it used to yeah, be. he just sort of said, you know, well, you know, that's how we are, you know. <laughs> yes, but he has changed oh, a lot. Yeah, he has yeah. changed a lot on the Fabian Gatti tenure, you know, and Sean Edwards and and Labit and Vlog Vassilier. Um, they've got, you know, they are very rigid. I mean, they are they're very structured. Yeah. They've got a, a game plan. Um, Fabian Cartier is probably the best technician in the world in terms of, of rugby. Um, and yeah, and he sleep and eats. Yeah, like and uh, dream, Ben Azzi said in that interview you, know. you did with him, wasn't it? You know, he just eats, dreams, sleeps rugby. You know, it's, yeah. And he wants uh, people to fall in love as well uh, with with rugby, so he's got that uh, that passionate streak inside him as well, which is very, very refreshing, very Latin, very very French. But unfortunately, we won't see him this year. Uh, not not live. No. Six Nation is going to be done uh, online. Yeah, Zoom again. God, everything's Zoom, isn't it? Yeah, I still can't yeah. find a mute button. <laughs> Hope you had a, a good, uh, good listening, uh, rugby, rugby fan. Yes, I'm off to have a medicinal glass of red now, just to, just to soothe my aching throat, and um, <laughs> hopefully be firing on all cylinders next week. But as I say, I don't, I don't say that much anyway. You do all the talking, so I, <laughs> nobody will notice. <laughs> I forgot to mention in the any other business is that you've kept really busy. You know, you are writing a book about the French rugby, the French. Hang on, am I saying that right? French hard men of rugby or French rugby hard? Yeah, men? it's. Um, I've been. I wrote this book during the first period of the lockdown, really, and it uh, it started off as just going to be about French hard men, but then. It sort of developed into a look of the French, the way the French look at rugby, the French way of life. You know, it's full of pastries and cakes and wine, and it ended up being a, almost like a voyage through France and and the way the French people look at rugby. And I heard from the publishers today that it, they're hoping to uh, to publish the book in the autumn. So um, 
yep we'll keep in touch with all that and uh yeah i mean hopefully uh Uh, you know we might be able to have some to give away as prizes or something later on and i can help you on the cookery and the recipe you know that some people have started calling me they have started calling me the nigella lawson of rugby (laughs) nigella wins of what sorry the nigella lawson of rugby okay is that what you call yourself, or that, is that what they call you? <laughs> no, because I can cook. Not Nigel, not Nigel Lawson, the old Chancellor Exchequer. <laughs> His daughter, oh, okay. Nigella. Nigella, you know. So, yeah, there's food for thought because, you know, some of the uh, former players are really good at, at, cook, at cooking, such as Phil Vickery. Yes. Uh, I think he won MasterChef. Yeah, pot noodle, a few wasn't years it? Ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that note, I'd be safe. I hope you had a good time with us. Uh, please um, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a comment. And um, yes, let's meet again. Uh, again yeah, next week. next week we'll have some feedback from the Six Nations launch as well. So, um, so stay tuned for that. And I'm sure Veronique will get one of her, get a little black book out, uh, Noir Livre and get some major celebrity on to entertain us. So um, take care, everybody. Stay safe and uh, keep warm.